Hello, hello. Welcome to the Eddie Conversation Podcast, episode number 20. My name is Eddie V. Hill, and I am your host. Quick reminder for people, I am a filmmaker based out of Los Angeles, California. My primary freelance gig these days is script supervising, and this week I'm having my first script supervisor guest, so I'm very excited to uh, to nerd out on that. Hope you enjoy uh, hearing the nitty-gritty side of, of continuity in film. But before we get into that, some quick housekeeping. This podcast is available in video form as well on YouTube. You can find it there by searching the Eddie Conversation podcast if you do want to watch along versus just listen. Also, if you are a fan of the podcast, consider leaving a review, a rating, give it a thumbs up, subscribe, all that stuff would be much appreciated. And with all that being said, let's just jump into it. Episode number 20 featuring... Sarah Gerritsen. Hello. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for being on. Uh, You are Sarah Gerritsen. Yes, I am. Thanks for having me. Yes. Yes, of course. And you are a script supervisor. That is correct. Very exciting because I also script supervise. (laughs) And I haven't had the chance to nerd out with anybody, so... Fair warning for people, it might get nerdy. I, I'm honored that I get to be that <laughs> fellow nerd. Yeah, yeah. So I want to talk about you. What do you want to know? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I like talk. Let's, let's kind of start with talking about the craft, mm-hmm. about the position, about what we deal with on set, about how we're how how we think others think of us, how we're actually seen. And then we'll jump into a little bit about how you got started and what, what other stuff you're exploring as well. Okay. So that's kind of the, the course load we're going to tackle. Sounds good. Okay. So what is script supervising for those at home that are not familiar? What's your, what, when people ask you what you do, how do you describe it? I find it personally... Um, very hard to summarize all the things that we do. Um, I try to explain script supervising as um, the craft. The script supervisor is the person who is the link between the written script, the director, and the director's vision to then lead into the editorial. So we're kind of that red line between the different stages of production in script perspective. So we keep continuity in order for the editor to have all the footage um, in a way that they can put together. And we also help make sure that we get everything um, while keeping track of all the depart like all the different yeah. aspects of filmmaking in regards to continuity whether it be um hair makeup costume uh lighting in a way mm-hmm. props we help the actors with dialogue performance and making sure that you know the meaning of things doesn't get altered too much in a way that the director doesn't like or the editor won't be able to put together (laughs) but as a summarizing (laughs) factor uh like a summary of our job um i think that i think that was a summary of the job technically 
it's cool. hard it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to really say it in one breath you know it takes it takes a few but it worked i mean i know what you're talking about perfect i hope you do too <laughs> um it's, it's it's a very tricky position and i guess one thing that i was hoping to do was yeah shine some light on what we actually do because mm. i was i always joke and i've told i told you this over the phone too how I joke about how nobody on set really knows what we're doing. People, depending on where where they are in the production, they have an idea of what we do. But yeah. it's all like pieces of what we do because there's so much we do. <laughs> but then, isn't that with every department? No. That's no? Fine. Maybe. See, I look at sound mixers and I'm like, all right, I see what you're doing. You're twisting and turning and Boom. Perfect sound. <laughs> but it's so much more. But yeah, yeah. there's so much more sure. behind it or the prep of camera. I've never done that. I don't know what exactly it takes to be a cinematographer in the prep and all of that. So, so true. So true. So for me, who only has set experience with script supervision, mm -hmm. a lot of people come to me and say that. And I feel that way because nobody really knows what we do on set. It's like, oh, yeah, script supervisor. You make sure the hair is... Yeah. up right or down depending on yeah yeah <laughs> I'm like, yes. a lot of I, I that's one of the things that we do but it's not all of it mm -hmm. do you also hear because i hear this sometimes where where people will kind of i don't know there's always classic talking points when you're on crew when you're talking to people and they're like oh my gosh script supervisors like the most important job on set and they'll try to you know they'll try to talk to you and make you feel good about what you're doing and but you know that you're appreciated mm -hmm. And then I'm thinking like, well, yes, it's true. <laughs> it's true. This We are the most important position. Absolutely. <laughs> but then I still kind of get the feeling of like, well, they are missing it. They're, they're, not, they're not seeing the full picture still. But I guess I like your point with like sound mixers and stuff. Yeah. However, I maybe it's because I've dabbled into other aspects too where I'm like, okay, I know what the DP is doing. I know that they're trying to figure out what the, what the shot's going to be and what the camera move's going to be and what the lighting is going to be on it. I can't make those decisions myself, but at least I know what they're doing. Right. And we understand how much time it's going to take. And it's kind of like in everybody's view, like it, we all know what's going on and what, because we get to see it. We're looking at the frame. Mm -hmm. We know they made decisions. We don't know what decisions they went. We don't know how they came to it or all that kind of stuff. Right. But we can see the work. With script supervising there's stuff that we're doing that we don't turn in on any sheets we don't yeah. really tell anybody else about we're just we're thinking about stuff uh, like examples i don't know like eye lines or the 180 rule like we're kind of keeping stuff in the back of our mind yeah that um i love the reading between the line and keeping unscripted continuity those are things that a lot of people don't realize it's what you know is, the, what, what? the carryover continuity uh -huh. where it's like you see a scene and that doesn't say that there needs to be a work bag but she's going to work so you think all right mm. what else does what's between the lines you know what does a normal human actually have and you know that's one of the prep things that I love doing is just kind of making sure 
that it's not only the scripted stuff, but for example, I, I read a script and she runs out the door, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, we're going to have to make sure that she has her mask because it's all about a COVID story. And mm. in the time of COVID, so it's like she can't just frantically run out without something that she'll be needing when she's outside. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, those that... are thoughts that most people don't really have if they're not script supervisor yeah. or director, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Because a lot of that... I don't know, that's a tough part, too, where where uh, you have the script and we're there respecting the script, making mm-hmm. sure it's being honored and followed through and all that stuff. But sometimes the script doesn't include the stuff that we have to actually keep track of, too. Like, I get tripped up on that stuff sometimes as well, where I'm like, all right, like before we're shooting a scene, I'll, I'll go through and make sure... Okay, mentions there's an umbrella, mentions this. Let me just like keep an eye out. All right, sweet. Okay, she's wearing yep. her watch. Yep. Cool. But then I sometimes forget about the stuff that's not mentioned. It's like, oh, she put on her wedding ring in the last scene. She should have it on here. It's not mentioned. Mm-hmm. Or like, she took it off because yeah. they broke up or whatever the story calls for. Mm-hmm. And those are things that I really like to play with in, in prep. Like, because you really have to do it in prep. Otherwise, you're never going to. You're never going to catch it. Because mm-hmm. on the day, in my opinion, um, like in my experience, there's so much going on on the day. If you haven't made a note that this scene needs the wedding ring, you're not going <laughs> to. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like It's yeah. hard to keep track of everything. Um, it's true. Yeah, so script supervising has a lot of those little things, mm-hmm. which can be huge. Yes. So I guess for clarification as well, um, you and I are both script supervisors in the non-union world. True. Just for clarity on on anybody listening, we're not talking, yeah, Yeah. I don't know, about... No, that that is a big difference because um, I'm sure that I have no union experience, obviously, but... um, as far as I heard and know, um, there's a different workflow and there's a little bit more time um, because you're not necessarily mm. trying mm. to cram 12 pages in one day, <laughs> which I'm sure you've had those days on non-union uh, shoots yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, but also each department, you know, has, has more experience mm-hmm. in their own, so you don't have to I mean, not that I'm babysitting, but you don't have to pay as much attention to catching potential mistakes from other departments. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like as script supervisor, we're kind of a hub. It's like every department has their own focus, their own breakdown, their own their own continuity, their own continuity to focus on. And then the script supervisor is the person who needs to... Yeah keep continuity for all of them and make sure that we have everything yep (laughs) how how do you handle okay let's talk about pre-production maybe a little bit so getting prepped for a show a shoot how how do you kind of shoot what kind of project Let's just say... Because <laughs> it varies. It, right. For me, it varies if I'm working on a virtual reality um, show or a motion capture mm-hmm. thing or a feature film or a short 
versus a commercial. Yeah, let's 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 just say feature. Okay. It's a fifteen day feature. Okay. And you get the call, and you uh, what what process? What questions do you ask of production before you take a gig? Let's start with that. Do you have? Uh... Not enough. <laughs> okay. What well, we all experiment um, with that. I'm right. Sure. Um, well, if they haven't already mentioned the rate, I ask what the rate is. That's um, a good start. <laughs> what kind of shoot it is, if it's day shoots or night shoots or splits or, you know, a little mm. bit of both. Just kind of getting a scope of what my next two weeks are going to look like or three, if it's five. It's another question. Yeah, is it yeah. five day weeks or are you planning to squeeze in a sixth here, make sh making sure that if it is a sixth day um, that we get paid and that that's in the contract for overtime. Mm -hmm. um, I ask how many cameras we're shooting with because that has a, in, like an mm -hmm. impact on our note taking and our focus level on the day. Um, I sometimes but not very often ask um who the director is just because it's non-union and most of the times i if i don't if i haven't heard of it from the director i probably don't know the director mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i i like to ask who the director is to get a sense of it but it's not a, a deal breaker <laughs> yeah 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 like um yeah and then shooting location Mm -hmm. Like if it's in L.A. or elsewhere. But they usually include a lot of that information in their initial contact as well. Mm -hmm. As far as the camera thing, this was, I think I was talking to somebody recently about uh, cameras and the number of cameras and impacting the job. Mm -hmm. um, do you, My experience in the non-union world is, okay, in the union world, you get paid more depending on if there's another camera, it's camera bump, mm -hmm. and then third camera, another camera bump, you get paid more based on the number, based on the cameras. That so, should be the same for non-union. In non-union, I have never gotten a camera bump. All right, well, you need to ask for it. <laughs> I, um, I do not generally accept mm -hmm. no camera bump because the camera bump is for the additional notes if you don't want the notes i won't take the notes but if you're giving them notes for the second camera without asking for reimbursement for that time and work because it is it is a whole second mm -hmm. set of attention and eyes and note taking for multiple different forms so you're allowing them to have you do more work without paying you for that extra work now, you can be flexible on non-union jobs mm -hmm. in regards to what you charge them for your kit. Sometimes I get told, well, uh, I mean for the camera bump. Yeah, yeah, kit's a whole different thing. Kit's a whole different thing. But on non-union stuff, sometimes I will allow them to kind of merge the kit fee with the uh, camera bump in order to kind of mm -hmm. make them yeah, work, with what... work with what they have. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm not... I know that not every film has the same budget and I'm willing to work with budgets, mm -hmm. but 
I don't like to work for free. No, for sure. <laughs> well, you're still getting... All right, regardless. <laughs> no, I, I mean, no, I, the I, extra I understand. work I understand. Is... I understand that And on non-union sure. jobs, I feel like a lot of... Um, a lot of non-union producers have to try and squeeze... Like, not squeeze, but, like, find the money where it is. Mm-hmm. Um... And so again, I'm I'm more than happy to work with yeah 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 low budget projects, but there needs to be the understanding that if you're asking me to do a job, you need to have some kind of form of reimbursing for that mm-hmm. extra work yeah or ex because it also takes extra equipment to have two camera like feed for me like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's it's a so yeah, yeah, it's more cords. It's more cords. It's it's another device. It's it's part of my setup that I've invested in and you know. Yeah, have you so have you had the experience where Okay, and that's sticking with the camera thing. I'm very <laughs> curious. Yeah. So when when you mentioned, okay, there's a second camera, great. X amount for the bump. Mhm. And they say, actually, we don't have that in the budget. And you're like, okay, I'm just giving A camera notes then. So you say yes to the project, but you only give notes on A camera? Well, I ask them. Yeah. Usually, if you can afford a whole second team and a whole second camera setup, $25, $40 for a camera bump per day is not going to kill your production. Mm-hmm. It's really not that much. If you look at you know the grand scheme of what it costs to have a second camera <laughs> yeah and uh, the notes do help in the edit and no, it's 100%. necessary it's so very necessary it's like if you're willing to work with their budget and say all right instead of the typical 40 dollar camera bump i'm going to give it to you for half for 20 or 25 mm-hmm. right and if they say oh we really don't have that in the budget it's like okay so you don't want notes for your second camera They're like no no we need the notes I'm like, all right, well, so you're asking, <laughs> you know, um, but I think what you're asking is, would you walk away? Is that what you're asking? No, I'm more, at, I, I'm, uh, <laughs> I like the idea of, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like a weird thing, but saying yes to the project mm-hmm. and then sticking with your guns and only giving notes on a camera. I have done like, that. Okay. Yeah. I have done that. Um, I have done that for projects that sprung CD and E cameras on me. Right. On a on a non-union, low-budget, mm-hmm. ten-episode web series where they're like, "Oh, we're just gonna add cameras on these next five days." I'm like, "Okay, well, do you expect notes for those cameras?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then you know try and talk to them and they were like no we definitely don't have any additional money i'm like okay so i'm gonna stick to a and b camera as initially agreed upon you know it's good to know it's good to know and yeah i mean it depends on the project um i do i do take note that there is like i make a note for the editor saying there are additional cameras yeah just you know it's like try and find like on these days we had three cameras or on these days we had five cameras um for these shots we had x amount of cameras Mm -hmm. um production only wants notes for a and b or whatever whatever it is that you've discussed with production um 
or, you know, I have also on some projects, if there was time, I would make note of like what the general setup is or what it was for. Mm -hmm. So one of those cameras was a specific camera that the uh, like visual effects team brought in because they wanted an extra shot. So I was like, okay, this is the VFX camera. Like, they want this for that. Mm -hmm. But I don't take notes for each take or when they're rolling or how much time we did or whether it was good or not. I don't do the the detailed notes that, you know, takes up so much of our yeah, yeah. beautiful typing skill so and thought. So when, when, when people are watching time. us on set, they usually see the, some sort of note mm -hmm. stuff going on. I wanted to talk about, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is in the notes? What are we, what are we typing? What What's we going doing? on there? What is, you work with what program? Um, I have transitioned. So I started working um, and learned on pen and paper, pencil paper, mm -hmm. which I suggest for every script supervisor starting out because it's a, in my opinion, it's a crucial thing to be able to fall back on, you know, with the digital world. That's great. I love working digital now. Um, but if you're at 110 degrees or really cold weather and your battery dies on you and there's just absolutely no way that you can charge because you're in a pool setup or whatever mm -hmm. it may be, having the ability to just say, no problem. I'm just going to do everything in paper form and then scan it and send it off. Or if you really feel generous, you know. Redo the work redo in, a, the work. in an Excel sheet later or something. Right. Yeah. Or however you want to do it. Um, knowing the basics and being able to do that on pencil paper is, is huge, in my opinion. Um, I have transitioned to work digitally, and I um, love Peter Skerritt's forms. Mm -hmm. So I tried Script D. Script D is a very powerful system, but it doesn't quite work with my my brain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like my workflow is different than um, than Script D is set up. Um, but Peter Skerritt's forms are just perfect for me. They very much mm -hmm. reflect how I learned pencil paper versions and those forms. So. Um, that's the system that I use. Yeah. I use it on a, a MacBook. And then I have image capture um, that I can, I can grab feed from the monitor mm -hmm. or directly to camera if there's no monitor and specific setups. Mm -hmm. um, and then get feed straight into, into my computer and have screenshots and like keep continuity there, which I love because I don't have to fight over over the main monitor and directors love it because yeah. they can have their own little monitor without the script supervisor hovering. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, but I need to see what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, that's my setup. And then in regards to the notes um, that everyone sees us typing and like yeah, always. Because sometimes people get very curious. They try to lean over your shoulder and like ask questions and or just because it's so mysterious, you know? It is, yeah. And that's, I think that's the thing um, about our job is, you know, as we talked about earlier, you see what the 
even if you don't, I don't necessarily understand why or how they're shaping the light, but you see that they're actively shaping the light, the G&E teams. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then the cinematographer and the camera team is setting up the camera angles and you see it, it makes sense. And what you see for us is involved in the script. It's like we are deeply, like we dive into the script, whether it's on the computer or mm -hmm. in a binder and we talk to the people we need to talk to, but it's, it's a lot of the time we're just really focused on right. our notes. Um, and we, yeah. Yeah, okay. And then, the, sorry, I'm <laughs> getting around to your question mm -hmm. regarding the notes that we actually do. Um, so I, as script supervisor, um, I have the production, this progress report for production. Mm-hmm which includes the shoot day that we're on, what the time, the call time was, um, when we actually got the first shot in, mm -hmm. which they then compared to what the, assist, uh, the AD estimated, like what was the called for first shot versus yeah. the actual first shot, when did we call lunch, which is important for meal penalties and you know, abiding by California labor laws. And then uh, when did we get the first shot after lunch? When did we actually wrap? Um, did sound wrap earlier than camera? You know, so I like to have, um, if sound does not wrap at the same time as camera, I put those separately. And I always add the script supervisor wrap out time as well. And then, oh, it's, what else is on the pro? Do you want like details of the progress well, report? No, no, we don't have to get too specific okay. on it. I guess the point of the progress that that that's a form that's designed at the end of the day. I guess you're accumulating data for it throughout right. the day. Yeah, so you kind of want to keep track yeah. throughout the day so that it doesn't pile up. And then um, it's basically there to inform production on what scenes have we worked on, mm -hmm. what have we completed, how many pages have we completed, um, and what's the estimated running time. So how long did each of these scenes actually take mm -hmm. in respect to the actual screen time that we're accumulating. So this, right. can, this is especially important for um, shows that have a 30 minute or, yeah, like a specific running time commercials very important um even features like if you want to get a one and a half hour movie but on right, right. on day five you already have 45 minutes you're like hey, mm, hmm. <laughs> so it's gonna run long right so and it, producers might not be happy with that or whatever the case may be yeah it's yeah I, I love data so <laughs> getting to review i could imagine on the production side it's a great gauge for how you're doing and how many setups you're averaging in a day. Exactly. You can kind of gauge why certain days are falling behind or what's right. going on there. They could, exactly. I guess they could assess that. I don't quite. No, exactly. I've never really been on that end to see what they do with the, with the numbers. Right. But I, could, I could imagine. Well, that's, that's the, um, the purpose of it. Mm -hmm. Like That's the goal, to help production keep an eye on how are we actually doing each day um, and what else needs to be done. If we... Mm -hmm we're scheduling to get something done, but we actually didn't get it. That's crucial for production to know because then we're going to have to schedule that 
at a different time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have to get the cast back, potentially the location, you know, whatever, whatever production deals with on that end. Yeah, that's that's the AD. That's yeah. the AD. They fo they have to solve that problem. They have to solve it, but production has to put up the money and work yeah, with yeah. them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Team effort. Team effort. Um, so that's the first report. That's the first set of notes. Mm -hmm. Then you have um, the script notes that kind of the script notes and edit log to me are are very uh, similar but for different purposes mm. so the script notes have um, detailed information about each take per scene so we give the scene a name like at every shot mm -hmm. gets its own little name so that the editors can find it we put yeah, yeah. Uh, information about you know minimal information about camera and like camera info what camera card is it on or real mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. what sound files can they find this on um what lens did we use which i feel like cinematographers ask for more than i think the editors need these days yeah yeah so the cinematographer will come up to me and go hey um do you remember what lens i had for that you know, close up that we did five days ago and now we need to do the other one mm -hmm. to just match it. So I like to, I mean, there are script supervisors who no longer put that information in their notes because it's in the metadata and, mm. you know. They, yeah, so yeah, sometimes it, it, sometimes it can matter and then you'll notate if it matters or yeah, whatever. I don't know. I just, I I just like to have it because I, it has helped Yeah, and it doesn't. It's, it's not a big deal to put down what lens it is. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, so, I, uh, okay. I was going to... And then that has, like, <laughs> detailed information about what the director liked, what the differences are between the takes, so that the editors have a clear guideline of trying to... To save them time, yeah. Save them time, piece together the... Or focus on the good parts first there most editors look through everything anyway mm -hmm. but it definitely saves them time in, in specifying when the director says hey there was a take where i really liked his laugh right True. and on the day the director really like chuckled or gave me a thumbs up or said that one so i make a note yeah and i say liked the laugh mm -hmm. and the edit they'll be like oh this one that's it Let's look here first. Yeah, and then I always, I always think about, um, yeah, because, I mean, of course, the notes could be used in, in um, I was trying to use a big word, a myriad of ways. <laughs> uh, I, I like to think about, because directors have so much going on on the day mm -hmm. that they'll, I imagine it's easy to forget what you liked, why you liked it. Absolutely. Even that you reacted in any way to anything mm -hmm. gets lost in the model of the whole production. So being able to sit with the editor and have those notes available, you can kind of peruse those as a director too and be reminded of like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. It jogs memories and helps them out. Absolutely. So. Mm -hmm. That's why I love to use, if a director has a specific word mm -hmm. on the day, I'll write that down. Like what? Like perfect or no perfect perfect is <laughs> you know say, say that for everything. Um, but I had a director who uh, let me think of an example. Um, 
Okay, so recently um, a director had different specific directions for the uh, talent. It's like, I want mysterious or I want mm-hmm. this one to mm-hmm. be easier, like lighter or, you know, give me a chuckle or whatever it is. And then I'll say with chuckle or easier or, you know, just yeah, yeah, yeah. to emphasize the specific intention of a take obviously you can't always get that because a lot of directors you know whisper those into the talent's ears on set mm-hmm. but this one was nice because i heard it and I, yeah yeah, yeah. It was, and you know a lot of a lot of times you're there with a the director and you hear it or you notice no for sure or even if you don't hear the direction it's like trying to emphasize what the difference was um isn't is a crucial part of our notes like if you just say this was good this was also good and this was also good in the edit they're gonna say great we have three good takes yeah but which one had the chuckle Mm. says good (laughs) so yeah so we're not that's technically not doing your your job of assisting on the edit side it's you're you're saving the time of they don't have to watch the first two takes potentially, mm-hmm. but it's uh, yeah, it could it could do better than that. Right. So <laughs> personally, I like to uh, put as much detail in my notes as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the that's the body of both script notes as well as edit logs. Mm-hmm. But then the script notes are sorted per scene and the edit log is sorted per camera data Mm. so what order did we shoot this in you know what day what camera reel what you know if the editor gets the footage it's like all right i got this one first what is it and then instead of sorting per scene it's per camera and for like in the camera order or how shooting right, order because we don't often shoot in sequence order of the script right. so it's all over the place exactly and depending on how you want it ordered you can you can rise to that occasion exactly. what i was going to mention too was you mentioned it's a part of the job to give a name to each setup mm-hmm. and that's a part of the job that people do see it is because it goes on the slate and, call it out and the second assistant camera comes over and asks what we're going to call it and then you relay it as well to sound mm-hmm. so we're all on the same page with what matches on the slate on front of the camera to what the sound person's hearing yep. to what we're notating on and if you have vtr and dit on set they need mm. to know it as well they'll see it i'm just kidding, <laughs> just kidding. yeah well <laughs> yeah um exactly mm-hmm. so and then oftentimes um, the second AD, uh, ace, yeah, the second AD, or the second second will come and mm. ask because they like to keep track of that as well. Although I don't know why, really? but I've had, I've had, You've had that happen. Yeah, um, I've had that happen. I was like, hey, are we still on this? Are we still on that? How many setups? What is this? Okay. Because they lost track of it or whatever. Had to step they just off. Wanna step. Know, they just want to know where we're at in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, early progress check-in exactly what it sounds like exactly okay so how and then you line the script 
Well, we'll get to that. Oh, okay. That's, that's the fourth <laughs> That's note. a weird part. I, I, um, I was going to ask about the scene, the scene number. I was curious how, how, how do you do it in terms of, do you off, how often is it when others try to influence what you're putting on the scene or how do you establish how this is going to go because there's there's traditional ways of doing it but right. sometimes different shows want things certain ways editors it might be useful mm -hmm. to put it a certain way how do you handle all that communication <laughs> that's the whole job <laughs> no uh pre-production communication mm-hmm so if it's a feature or a web series or um, I recently did a podcast and they had a very specific way that they mm. like to call their shots. If it doesn't hurt you, like I like to play, like I like yeah, to yeah. work with them. It's like, all right, um, for episodics, I suggest... So I've worked on episodics on multiple seasons. So um, in that case, the first time I, it was a, a little bit of a mess. And then after I was like, all right, can we label the scenes to include the episode as well as the scene number on the slate? Yeah. So if it's um, episode two... Scene five, I call it 205 on the slate. Mm -hmm. And then if it's episode 10, whatever, I call it 1005. So 1005 on the slate or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Some people like hyphens through it or dots or, but I like to have that on the slate because scene five, if we're doing multiple for crossboarding, yeah, and I have, you know, multiple episodes with scene five on one, one day or, Across, I was like, yeah, so this is scene five, and this is scene five, and this is scene five, and... and it gets confusing really quick. Very quick. And, and cross-boarding is, just just to sorry, clarify yes, that. Yes, uh, cross-boarding is when you work on an episodic, for example, and you have multiple episodes to shoot, and then on the day of shooting, you don't only focus on shooting one episode, but you shoot all the classroom scenes across the board. So you're cross-boarding um, the classroom scene in episode one, the classroom scene in episode two, the classroom scene in... Because you usually have the same cast on the day, the same location. And um, on non-union stuff, you do that a lot. Mm -hmm. um, a lot more than what I've learned in regards to uh, non uh, union stuff. Yeah, where they... In the union world, you might be cross-boarding one or two um, mm -hmm. episodes, but they like it, from what I've heard, they like to... Rumor has it. Rumor has <laughs> it that it's not as, as um, yeah, as much of a thing to cross-board ten episodes, <laughs> mm -hmm. which for us can get really tricky because of resets. And it's like, well, in this episode, all of these things happened, and yeah. the costume is different, and the hair is different. And it's a different story day and, you know, but we had a wound inflicted in episode eight. So in episode 10, there has to be a wound. So crossboarding is a, is a fun 
fun game for script supervisors. And then, and then as far as noise, just FYI, we are on um, the roof of my apartment. So there might be sounds you hear, just, yeah. uh, just so you know. <laughs> um, we are not alone anymore. All right. Uh, okay. How, how do you do it? You're no, a script supervisor. No, it's, it's the same thing. Like, how do you sleep? I, I was going to ask. Okay. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Um, it, oh, no. We'll see how this goes. But. <clears throat> okay. What, what I wanted to jump into is there, there's times when very often in non-union I feel like where I'm jumping in like mid mid show or like mm -hmm. the last three days of a feature or mm -hmm. filling in for a day and you have to kind of carry the baton of what the other one's already established mm -hmm. or again like you get hired the day before you haven't really had a chance to really figure out who people are what's going on you show up the, the next day and you're like all right what's going on here yeah establish my dominance early <laughs> <laughs> i feel like there's always a moment i was i was joking with um a director about it that i script supervised for i'm like there's always a moment like on the first day of production where people you have to like well i have to it feels like i have to do it. i don't know if it's a common thing where um i have to kind of like prove that i know what i'm talking about or kind of because people will will often assume what's going on the slate or the director and the DP have worked together before and they're expecting it to be this. And I'm like, no, 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 actually, this is, I'm, this is what I'm going to call it or kind of just figure Now, is this on a first day of production where you are there on day one, I would say 100%. If you're jumping in and there's already an established mm -hmm. system, mm -hmm. I don't like to stand my ground in terms of labeling because it, if my labels don't match what they've been shooting the last, like the footage and all the uh, labels that editorial already yeah, has yeah, put yeah. together for yeah. the last 10 days, and this is just the last two days of the shoot or whatever, whatever it may be, whenever you jump in, I like to make it as easy for them as possible because otherwise it's going to get mm -hmm. messy and confusing and my notes are going to be more of a hassle than a help. Mm -hmm. And I try to avoid that. I try to be um, as helpful yeah. like with my notes because to me, the main reason why you hire a script supervisor is to avoid mistakes <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. sneak into the editor, uh, the editorial, um, but also to save money in the edit with the notes. Mm -hmm. And if the editor constantly has to call the script supervisor and be like, I don't understand what you said here. Where can I find that footage? It doesn't help. It makes life harder. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> one union script supervisor who I talked to um, or I, I heard her speak in a class and I was like, mm -hmm. you can call it whatever you want. You call a scene rock, rock one, rock two, mm -hmm. bananas. It doesn't matter. 
as long as it's consistent and you have in your notes what it is. So even if it's not my style of labeling things, and I think that doesn't make a lot of sense, if that's how a project is already, has commenced and is like already in that. (laughs) Like if they're already doing it that way, then, then why change the wheel? No, for sure. If it's worked for them, I, but, I try to just kind of yeah, work I know. Okay, definitely. I was thinking of a specific show. Mm-hmm. I think it was there. It was only like five days or something, and they were really struggling to get in a script supervisor. And I couldn't come in till day three, mm. so they had like I, I don't know what they did. I think the person before me that was waiting, they had a person day one. They didn't have a person day two. I had to get COVID tested. And then day three, I came in. So day two, they had basically a PA do the best they could. Mm. So there wasn't really like a nice established rhythm to it. So when I came in, it was basically a first day where it's like, all right. Yeah. I'm here for the rest of the show. Three out of the five days. I'm basically your day one. Fair. So it was a similar vibe to... um, a first day where yeah i mean if if the first and second day have varying styles yeah <laughs> then i Good totally luck. then Good i luck. totally agree and say do what is gonna be easiest for production yeah. so if that is having a clear system for the remaining three days saying hey this is my work i don't know what they did but this is how i how I work, the editors are going to see your notes and say, hey, Eddie knows what he's doing. <laughs> like, I like this guy. Can we hire him again? Yeah. You know, so in that case, I absolutely agree. I would stand my ground and say, hey, I understand, but I'm going to call it this way because. Yeah, so how often do you feel like you're having to, I wouldn't say like wrestle, but communicate in an effective way to not. There's specific things that I always think about where DPs can often come up from the weird thing about script supervising is you're only on shows that are big enough to require a script supervisor. Now for camera, they could be on shows as small as camera and talent or whatever. So they they often are very good about stuff like eyelines and 180 rule like that's kind of stuff baked into their methods because they've had to do it <laughs> depending it's, it's a thing yeah. that they've had to worry about because they don't have somebody backing them up so mm-hmm. they want to do it right at least the good ones um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i've had a lot of a lot of struggles with 180 degree lines and, it's and a, it's cinematographers tricky. it's tricky it is very tricky um and you really have to know your stuff because there are Ultimately, with the 180-degree line, um, they only ask you, they tend to only ask you in really tricky situations. Yeah. So Which gen- is fine. Gen- no, that's, that's, that's exactly beautiful. the point. That's, that's beautiful. That's how it should be. But then if they have a different mm. opinion, it's like, Hey, I'm asking you so that you can back me up, but I'm not really sure. And you say, I don't think you're right. That's was like, well, of course I'm right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you have to really know 
why you think they're like and be able to verbalize and explain it yeah i like to draw pictures i like to draw pictures too or show screenshots screenshots are helpful screenshots are great they they are it still gets confusing even mm -hmm. it's a tough thing to me to communicate but i am curious i don't know it's it's I, i guess it's like any other communication on set where you're just doing the best you can to be collaborative mm-hmm. and not offend and absolutely and all that kind of stuff but it, it does get tricky sometimes with it's going because i mean that's that's a part of the job is we only speak up almost mm-hmm. like when stuff is either missed or went wrong or yeah if we see a potential problem in the edit <laughs> yeah. that, that like whatever Whatever factor that may be, mm-hmm. I only speak up when I really think that this might cause the editor to have an issue cutting together your movie mm-hmm. in a way that's not jarring. So if the director and cinematographer love jumping the 180 degree line, which I've had, every yeah, time yeah, I brought yeah. it up, the director says, I like it. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I like it. You know? And... If the cinematographer and I do not agree, and I've made my case and I've tried to explain, mm-hmm. I back off. Yeah. Because ultimately, it's his his picture more than it is mine. Or in hers. A way. Or hers. Or hers. Yes. Um, I haven't. I've only worked with one female cinematographer. Mm. Lots of female uh, camera crew. But only one female really? cinematographer. Yeah. Interesting. I've worked with, with quite a few. Yeah. So for me, it's it's still, we're working on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, cinematographers can be both female and male. Thank you. Um, but ultimately, it is. I guess. It's it's my job, and I, I will speak up when I feel like I can help. Mm-hmm. But if the director or cinematographer do not want yeah. to adjust, then that's fine. It's like, it's cool. like I said my thing. You make a note. You say, great. The director loves the mm-hmm. fact that this happened or loves that ad lib or loves this even though, you know. And you just make a, a non-judgmental note for the editor saying, hey, I did catch this. It was brought up, and they liked it. You're good to go. Mm-hmm. So with eyelines, I've had that a couple times. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I think I think that was good. I'm trying to figure out. I wanted to, okay. <laughs> Basic, this is kind of moving back a little bit, but you mentioned paper, mm-hmm. paper and pencil. Mm-hmm. We are in the year 2021, mm-hmm. especially right now specifically, everybody wants to go full digital on set because they're worried about people touching each Very other's true. stuff, touching faces, whatever the case may be. Yep. But even before that, there's there's the stigma against pen and paper that mm. was kind of like frowned upon from other people on production or even within the community of script supervisors. 
is that an observation that you I, I see what I see what you're saying and I've definitely come across it mm -hmm. um, I feel like a lot of producers what could, yeah what could we say to make make the folk realize that you know whether you're on Peter Skerritt or, or scripty paper or... scripty the yeah. job the job is the same exactly um, I've learned to speak up about that. Um, I had a producer saying that they required the script supervisor to be on script E. So I purchased script E um, only to then not get the job for other reasons. Mm. And ultimately, it would have... It shouldn't matter what platform you use or what program you use or what media, I guess, is the correct term. As long as you are attentive on set, catch potential mistakes so that you can fix them on the day versus having to deal with them and cut around in post. Being communicative with your director, helping them out, while keeping track of what we're doing so that you have that roadmap for both production during the shoot as well as editorial after. It shouldn't matter what you use. It really shouldn't because it's about the quality of your notes. And I've had editors tell me, oh, but we don't like paper because it's so much easier to do the search factor on, mm. you know, typed computer stuff. All right. That's the only actual <laughs> statement that makes sense to me. Because I've had producers say, oh, we need it to be digital. Cool. I'll scan it and send it to you when it's digital. I'm not going to hand you my pages. Right. Like, it's, it's not the same as it used to be where you had to send the actual book. Um, so it really shouldn't matter. They'll have it digitally. They don't have to store a full binder, um, you know, in their archives. They can, they can have that digitally. But mm -hmm. if you're comfortable writing pencil and paper, and that's how you are fast and efficient, and that's how you like to work, then it shouldn't affect whether or not you get the job. Because it's it's not it shouldn't right. be about that. Yeah. So you keep using the word shouldn't. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> but is there a reality that's different than that? Or I, I've almost there's there's been certain shows. I'll just say the thing really quick. No, yeah. I was on a I was on a production, and I could only be on for the first week, mm -hmm. and then I had a replacement lined up for week two from the beginning, and that person was pen and paper. Mm -hmm. I, I used scripty and they ended up not going with my person because they were pen and paper per that, per that, uh, mm. per that thing. And I, I tried to explain to them even in person too. I was like, Hey, by the way, it's a this, is, this is, this is, this is pen and paper. It doesn't matter. She's great. And then they, they didn't go that route. Do you know if they, went with someone who also uses Scripty or just different digital? I'm, I'm not sure on who they ended up going with. Because 
again, um, if, if you've already started one way, it can, it just looks nicer and it's an easier flow. It's an easier way for the editors to merge things together. Um, if it's the same style, even if it's just the same formats. Um, so I don't like that they did that. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. Um, I do. I have come across the fact that a lot of producers, um, because they don't really, not every producer looks at the edit log or your notes other than the progress report. Mm -hmm. If they even look at the progress report because they have production assistants or, you know, office PAs or whoever seconds yeah. to look at those. Yeah. So it has definitely become a thing for producers to be like, no, we need it to be digital in order for it to be good. Or again, I have a lot of, uh, producers who have heard script E so much, it's like, we need it to be script E. Are you on script E? I'm like, no, I'm not. But my notes are phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And I have gotten multiple comments, post-production, emails from the editors, sending praise emails to the producer mm -hmm. saying, who's this? Is this a magician? These notes are great. I gotta see these notes. Oh, uh, they're they're pretty good. <laughs> Rumor has it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can only compare no, no, to sure. what like, but getting emails like that is definitely um, a huge praise. If the editors praise your work and reach out to the executive producer to be like, "Hey, this person did a great job." Mm -hmm. um, those are like highlight moments. Oh yeah, congrats. Thanks. That's great. Um, but so when when, edit, when producers come to me and say, we need it to be this, I'm like, but do you though? Or do you need a quality script supervisor? I don't know. Um, I don't know what exactly the situation know. was yeah, for you in tough. that. Um, I'm really sorry for the person who lost the job just because they didn't use the right system. But... I personally don't think that it it's more important what your job like what yeah, your work yeah. is. Yeah, cuz I've even thought about <laughs> I was like it if I ever had the opportunity to work for that same the same group of people again mm -hmm. I'd be like, "All right. Um, <laughs> but actually I'm using pen and paper this time." Mhm. Mm just to uh, show just, you how great it is. Yeah. Um <laughs> Well, I, here's I, the other oh. thing. It's like, what if you, like, I've had a job where I was hired. Sure. And I was digital when I was hired. And then my computer broke on set or, like, after set. So it wasn't their, their responsibility. But yeah. I was no longer able to work digitally without having my computer fixed. And my computer needed 10 days to get fixed. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. The rest of the job's gonna have to be pencil paper because I didn't have, you know, mm -hmm. the means to set up a whole new loan computer or whatever. You know, if you yeah. have that time, great. Yeah. If you don't, you're gonna have to work with what you have. And pencil paper, you know, 
is quality work. I don't know what to say. It's, it's all the same information. Yeah. It's presented in a different way. Yeah. So, that being said. Yeah, that being, you know. I don't know. I think it's it's disappointing that the focus has shifted from how good are you at your craft to what style notes can we expect? Mm-hmm. It's disheartening uh, it's because just, it just shows that a lot of people don't really know what we're doing and what the the core of our job is because it shouldn't be how pretty it is. Even though yours are very pretty. Mine are very detailed. <laughs> okay. There's a difference. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. for sure. I agree. Of course. I have a question for you. Oh, okay. Go for it. You know, Keep... it's it's a, a... A change in topic, but it's... I know that you have a lot of experience in other fields. Well, not other fields, but other departments mm-hmm. you've worked in camera you write you direct you've produced your own stuff um and more what made you merge into script supervision <laughs> what like what triggered that interest I mean, like hey it's 2018 let's uh right you started in 2018 or when did you start i trained under randy feldman mm-hmm. same as you mm-hmm. Uh, in like January, February of eight, 2018. Cool. Yeah. And then I, I took the workshop, went back to Reno and then eventually moved later that year. But, um, my story. Why script supervising? Yeah. No. It, okay. <laughs> I did a lot of my film school air quotes was making my own stuff mm-hmm. in Reno. Mm-hmm. And I kind of learned aspects of film, trial and error, just making a bunch of stuff with the community and all that. And I would get my set experience by being, like I worked my way to being a freelancer in in that area. I didn't know what a script supervisor was for a long time. Most people don't. (laughs) And uh, I would... PA on like productions that came up from LA to Lake Tahoe or whatever. I I find my way on sets, learn some stuff by observing, go back to you know go back to my stuff, mm-hmm. implement it, blah blah blah. There was a feature that ended up landing there. I think like 2017, okay. that winter, like a seven million dollar picture in the Sundance Darling, and um, I ended up as the personal assistant to the director oh okay wow and that was cool so i got to sit in on all the conversations and pre-production with addp director that was her first feature all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff and um so with that being said i spent a lot of time in video village being close to the director mm-hmm. and there's a person in there <laughs> That I'm like, what's going on here? What is this? Who are you? What are you doing? Let me just peek <laughs> over at your notes. You're clicking on your iPad. She was iPad mm-hmm. scripty. And just like lines would pop up and things would pop up. She'd be clicking stuff. And I was just super confused as to what this was. 
She was probably working fast too. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, you look chill. I, I like your personality. This is cool. Mm -hmm. I'd ask questions here or there. And eventually, because this was a winter in Carson City, which is, it, I don't know, you get seasons there. It's cold. Where's Carson City? It's uh, half an hour out of Reno, which okay. so northern Nevada. I don't know if that's helpful for you. Anyway. Definitely. Nevada. <laughs> sure. Great. It's desert. <laughs> no, I just, you know, yeah. don't really know Carson City. It's all good. Cool. It's the capital of Nevada. We shot a uh, capital city. <laughs> all city. It's like, it, yeah. But it's pretty small. It's not a... Anyway. Okay. We're on this prison. It's like it's old abandoned prison. We're using it for the movie. It's very cool. Very cool. She eventually got sick and got and had to take a weekend off. Mm -hmm. And we're in Carson City, Nevada. There's no script supervisors around to replace her. Mm -hmm. So she's like, "Have Eddie do it. He's been asking questions. He knows what's he knows. He knows what's going on." And I'm like, "Sure," because <laughs> luckily I've had plenty of film experience in general, mm -hmm. so I understood what was going on I just didn't know the specifics of the job yeah. so she gave me a super quick rundown of here's how scene numbers work <laughs> here's what I want included in your notes and what did do you recall what she said like what did she want in, in okay. her notes like what is the basic for I recall man that's a good question I feel like it was the most basics of basics. It was scene number, mm -hmm. description of the shot, mm -hmm. and then what happened in that take. And whatever very, yeah, and then circle the good ones. Did you take the timing as well? I don't think I did. I'm, I think I did timing too, yeah. Okay. Timing was also a thing. Because. But none of the camera reports, like the camera information? Probably not. Because that's, so. that's... Yeah, and there, were, there was one moment on set where they actually asked a script supervisor question to me. And they're like, hey, which hand did he mm -hmm. open this gate with? Because I'm like, is that something I'm supposed to be looking for? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't know the answer. Like, I don't know. Aww. And then they, I think they just took their best guess. So it was 50-50 chance yeah. and uh, went with it. But there, everybody st stared at me for that moment. And I'm just like in a headlight. Uh, was, I felt so bad. <laughs> My one time to shine and have the answer. But regardless. Uh, everyone's fear, isn't it? It's like you're working, you're working, you're working, and then nobody wants, nobody has questions. Like you don't really have to bring anything up. And then all of a sudden it's like, Sarah, what was this? Or like, yeah, you and you're like. You can kind of get lulled if you're not keeping yourself well yeah well, in this case i didn't know to, right. you know, i was even supposed to be watching for it so i'm just like but even so like like even if like you're not lulled you're like really into yeah. it and busy but you missed something like it i happens. had i had such a panic about missing anything for the longest time mm -hmm. and then someone's like okay so you're human play back yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. or it's okay. What do you think you remember? Or whatever it is. It's like, it's okay to miss something. And that is something that I wish I had. Mm. 
not, I mean, known, of course you kind of know it, but for someone to say, do your best, focus, like look for these things, but if you don't have an answer, you're not going to get fired for not knowing one thing. Now, if you never know the answer, well, yeah, you that's don't another something story. wrong. <laughs> yeah, so um, what ended up happening was I would turn in my notes every day. It was pencil and paper. Mm-hmm. Again, she was scripty. I don't know what she would do to convert my notes. But regardless, she came back after her hiatus and she told me, this is what you do now. Your notes are great, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, this is what you do now. She straight up told me. Like... And I'm like, cool. And she recommended Randy Feldman. Mm-hmm. And I had a bunch of money saved up from like those weeks of production that I wasn't used to. Right. So I'm like, sweet, I have the money. I have. We just wrapped in November. Her, her workshop starts in January. I was like, I signed up. Yeah. Came down and took the class. And then uh, I was a script supervisor. Wow. And that was my key. To, that was my connection into L.A. when I moved down. As I had the workshop. I had that yeah. little bit of community that Randy has where she gets asked for, like, film you know, film school projects and early productions. And that's how I got my, my jump in. But it was – I feel like it's a good personality fit. Like, I feel you have yeah. to – be willing to support other filmmakers and it not be about you and to uh, have all that. And I spent a lot of time in Reno, almost like in a producer showrunner kind of kind of way mm-hmm. where I wasn't producing to direct all my own stuff all the time. Yeah. I would hand off the baton to other people that wanted to be the reins. So I was kind of supporting creators for my whole time there. So I was like, sweet, this is the same thing. I'm supporting the director and helping them come out with the best piece that they can. So it was a nice, it feels really good being in that that. chair. I like it. So. But for like five years, I didn't know even that it existed. Do you have a favorite um, position? What do you mean? Well. Script supervisor. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, so do you prefer script supervising over writing or directing or producing or whatever is it? So I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of both. both my, my top two is directing the directing and, okay. and script supervising. Okay. Of course, it's like different things in the brain get turned, get turned on depending on which, which chair I'm in, of course. Yeah. I can't be a script supervisor when you're directing i can't <laughs> go into director brain when i'm in the script supervisor chair because then it's not helpful in any way right and you're just giving notes to the director that are not notes <laughs> it's like how about we try that she did it's like no and that's not it's not the job <laughs> uh, so Very i true. feel like what helps me is i make stuff currently as i'm pursuing the director side kind of in my free time that's what i call it <laughs> uh Getting it out of my system on the side helps me with my mm-hmm. column as a script supervisor. If I was just solely doing script supervisor work, I'd probably get the itch a little bit, and I'd be very frustrated watching other directors do what I wanted to do. There'd be that there'd be that resentment there. Interesting. But um, I've I, never felt that way. Which 
being a, I've, I've want... never directed, but a lot of people have the perception that script supervisor or a lot of script supervisors use that knowledge to then step to the directing. Like, I have a lot of people like, so when are you going to start directing? And really? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, not saying that I will never direct. Who knows? But at this point in time, I'm a script supervisor. I love it. You know, I want to support your vision as mm -hmm. director. And, you know, I, I, I mean, of course, there's the occasional interesting choice moment where it's like I think I would have done it differently but I don't act on that or resent or anything it's just how different creative people look at things it's like yeah. I interpreted the scene completely different and that's the beauty you know um, but as script supervisor it's it's your job to support the director in their vision and I've never like resented or or itched yeah, to yeah. kick them out of the chair no, <laughs> and just be like, hey, sure. my turn. Yeah, I think I maybe had, I might have almost had that feeling once when I, I think I took a break from making my own stuff for a little bit or I don't, I don't know what happened, but I feel mm -hmm. for some reason, I feel like I almost had that. And then I realized I don't know that as long as I'm whatever. I love that you do so many different things. Um, I'm actually very fascinated with your background and, and experience in so many departments. Um, how do you, cause you've edited, you've done pre-production stuff in producing, uh, you've written, you've directed um yeah i don't know have you ever acted yeah okay yeah so you what, what, what yeah I was, gonna, I was gonna say well when i first jumped into film i i wanted to be an actor oh no way because again i was starting from a family i i grew up in reno it's not a film town i don't have any family in film so i feel that when people think about getting involved in movies they think about there's the people I'm looking at on the screen. Mm -hmm. That looks fun. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of my very early jump in. That phase didn't last long because I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. And okay, I started producing my own stuff so that way I could act in front of the camera. Okay. But then I quickly learned that part's not fun. I actually enjoyed this other side of the camera more. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I have, I have. So you have experimented. Yeah, I've done and like, like all classes. five of the big, the five big ones, acting, writing, directing, producing, and editing. I mean, there's the cinematography, but you've done that too. You've I, done I camera mean, stuff. I've done camera stuff. I, I, that's the weakest of like, <laughs> of your, it's oh. tough. Camera's hard. So how do you. And I've AD'd. I've AD as well. AD'd as well. Mm -hmm. which, which is what we can talk about more. Because I know you're <laughs> jumping into the chair. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, how does your experience help you be a better script supervisor? I feel like script supervisor to me, when I think about a director, let's say, mm -hmm. 
if you're communicating with as extensively as you are in the script supervisor thing too, directors and script supervisors and ADs, like the, 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 the big, de I call us the big department heads, you know, it's like yeah. we're talking to everybody. It helps establish the connection with people more when you really know what's going on in their shoes. Absolutely. So if you could, if you could understand and feel where they're coming from, uh, then it just makes you a better communicator. It makes you more uh, empathetic to what they're having to deal with, and that being able to bond with them in that way of like, I see like what you're yeah, doing. like yeah, me, me like... that I bond with the '80s all the time because I know I've been in their shoes and I know what they're going through, mm -hmm. and I can be like their helping hand a little bit. Of like, you can talk to me about it. <laughs> I understand. But we're still gonna need another take. <laughs> yeah, or, or yeah, or even like, hey, it's like I understand we're behind, but we're still gonna. Because <laughs> I can even have those AD conversations about asking about what the schedule is like and how we're gonna fit this and this. Because I'm thinking mm. about script supervisor stuff, mm. and I can kind of bounce ideas off of them. And I don't know. I just do you do that on the day or. In advance. No, it could be like on the day, like just feeling out the mm -hmm. mood and I know they're stressed. So it can kind of be like a, it's like, oh, there's somebody else that's seen it too, can often that's cool. be a benefit. And then, I don't know, actors as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I see how that could be a huge, you know, uh, relief in one way and a way to bond with the AD, mm -hmm. kind of, because... I have I I love I love my ADs, but sometimes there are moments where I'm like, I have not AD'd yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the all of the different things that they're considering and thinking of, and we as script supervisors think about a lot of things at the same time. But the AD has a very different pressure. And the same, if not more, things to consider mm -hmm. um, on a time schedule. Yeah. So the, the pressure is a lot different, um, in my opinion. So there have been moments where it's like, okay, what's the big, we, but we need this. Right, <laughs> it's like, right. we don't have time. Mm -hmm. Stop talking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I know we don't have it. We got to move on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like either we work what we have uh we work with what we have or we won't get a scene you know yeah and those are definitely things that the ad the director and the script supervisor um need to be on the same page on yeah because I, I i i've kind of i haven't really ad'd much as of late mm -hmm. but uh I always would equate it to the AD and the script supervisor, kind of like what you you kind of said. It is the the same information is being broken down in pre-production. Mm -hmm. We're both working with all the same stuff. We both need to know every single thing that's happening. It's just you filter into in a different way, or yeah. or it's time. But we still understand the concepts, like you talked about it with with um, episodic and. It's like we have this location. We gotta yeah. knock out all these scenes back to back. We understand how it works. Yeah. And we can put that schedule together if we needed to. I don't know. <laughs> I've never focused on how long it takes mm. 
to send someone through hair and makeup when it takes how long? Because I'm not, I'm not there. I'm not on that side. How long it, because usually when actors go through that, we're working on something else. So my focus, my attention is 100% on what's happening here. And I don't know what's, what's happening mm -hmm. in the other rooms. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know how long it takes the G&E team to light things because what we're shooting is already lit. <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're not there <laughs> while they're setting it right. up or whatever. I, I'm, not, I'm not there. I'm not mm -hmm. timing it. I'm not focused on how long it necessarily takes to swap a lens because... I'm catching up on notes or talking to the director about what just happened or what we're going to do mm. or, hey, we missed this, um, this line in that close-up or, you know, we missed it in the wide, but we can get it in the close-up um, or do you like however we got it? You know, those conversations are happening in my world. So on the one hand, yeah, we all have – I know that's happening, but I've never – putting together a schedule – yeah, and you, thinking about, well, how long does it actually take for other people to do the job that I see being done in the background mm -hmm. and then focus on when it's done? And I think that's the big challenge for me right now. I've been asked to uh, assistant direct a good friend of mine um, on their short. Mm -hmm. So I'm... I'm excited, but it's definitely it's a, a, a different approach to... So how many pages and how many days? <laughs> well, I still need to put together the schedule. Sure. Um, we are hoping to get 15 scenes, five and a half pages in two days. Five and a half pages, but 15 scenes. 15 scenes. Yeah, we just we just omitted one scene, so it's back to fifteen. But it was sixteen as of last night, and now it's back to fifth. It's fifteen. Um, and luckily, the director is is really good at, you know, um, working with with me in terms of simplifying. But it's all happening in one apartment, mm -hmm. so. But the cinematographer already mentioned, you know, there's specific light through the windows. And it's a very, very, very non-budget short. Um, so we are hoping to work with natural light as much as we can. And it's like, if we're moving from here, from the kitchen to the living room, to the kitchen to the living room yeah. in one-eighth, that's a lot of action and performance and blocking for a really short scene. You know, and those are the things that I am looking at right now and, and working with my director, um, who's been fabulous at, you know, being able to say, no, we don't really need this action, which would lead us to another room. We could just keep it all here and, and figure it out. Mm -hmm. But yes, do you, like 15 scenes, five and a half pages in, in two days um, with... Yeah, with winter lighting in an apartment. <laughs> the good news, the good news is that it's all in the apartment. That is true. And I'm assuming limited cast. One. One it's person. One, well, one lead. 
there are some background and there's a supporting actor, but only for one one scene. Okay. Um, the mm. majority of the scenes are single cast, but we're also a crew of five. Sure. <laughs> hey, that's plenty. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> I'd, I don't think I've, I've ever I, worked with a crew smaller could, than 30. <laughs> I don't, you meant, okay, I, I've shot, let's say, there's parts of my feature film that we shot with a two-person crew. Of a feature? Okay, what were what were those days and who were the, like, Maybe two? three, three crew. Okay. It could be two, where I am directing... Mm -hmm. And I'm ADing, mm -hmm. and I'm doing sound. Mm. And then, <laughs> what? <laughs> and then depends on what the objective of the of the project is. Is how I see it too. Mm -hmm. um, how so? If the point is we want to get this thing done, mm -hmm. you make sacrifices on. Whatever, like if, if the objective is like in the, in the, if the dream, <laughs> if it's a passion project and you're really passionate about it, sometimes it's like, yeah, well, I mean, this is what we got. Let's make it work. Yeah. And sometimes it's, well, what we need to do, we need such, such and such in place and we can't do it unless we have all this, then so be it. Mm -hmm. You must wait. But right. sometimes it's possible with less. So, what's the objective of this piece? Besides, besides the one your friend asked, you're coming into AD. Mm -hmm. What's the objective? So, this for me or for the project? For the project, for the yeah. Project. Where is it? Are, are there so high this, expectations for this thing? Or I I think so. Um, my it's my friend's. My friend wrote it. They will be directing it. It's the uh, it's one of the debuts for their new um, production company that they just put together. Um, mm. And with this one, there's one more short that is kind of supposed to be the the start, the film festival. Um, lead in or, or however you want to say it so I do think that um, we're trying to make a, a beautiful story happen and visualize it best as possible with the means that we have um, I like it yeah it's definitely not a let's but just rush through this but uh this this is a yeah personal uh, piece it definitely sounds it definitely sounds like it's teetering on that line because there could be pressure with this is establishing, this is establishing, this is the first thing you're mm -hmm. seeing with this big dream of this of this production company. Right. And we want to start off on the right foot. Right. Exactly. And not let people be like, ooh. Exactly. Ugh. So I do hmm. think, like for me, I'm trying to do my very best. A, because the creator is one of my dearest friends and yeah i just want to see see their vision come to fruition and you know um it's also the first time that i'm really just working with a friend 
mm-hmm. that I ha- haven't met through film. So there's a, there's a difference between meeting in a professional setting and then becoming friends versus meeting as roommates, then no longer being roommates but best friends and really close, to then start having a work relationship with. Mm. Mm. So there's that aspect of it too. Um, especially as an AD, I feel like you often have to push and um, hit some buttons and kind of like, I know you're not happy, but it's either this or that kind of a, you know, finding that balance and um, the, ex- the pressure that I'm putting on myself is probably way higher than the pressure that my friend is putting mm-hmm. on me. Mm-hmm. But um, I want to make this, I want to do a great job for Yeah, you want to put the, the production in a good place mm-hmm. to where it could succeed and right. ride that balance between rushing and giving enough right. time. It's like making the, right, exactly, like mm-hmm. rushing, making that time, having a, um, a schedule that is tight but not set up for failure mm-hmm. kind of a deal. So yeah. there, there's just a whole bunch of stuff where I'm like, this is a new, yeah, it's... this is a new challenge for me and um, there's not a lot of time for me to play with it. So, um, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel like, I feel like coming from the script supervisor background already, you're like it feels like you're a great communicator so having those basics will only play well as an ad where Mm -hmm. you're not assuming how much time it'll take you're like hey guys i really don't know let's have this conversation how long do you need perfect let's and then like it's just that's all it is is Clarifying, communicating, and then freaking out because it's taking longer than they said. (laughs) Right, exactly. But the other thing is I... um, There are things that I'm used to on a larger budget or a bigger project Mm -hmm. where Mm. if you tell me that we only need to schedule five to ten minutes for costume change as well as hair and makeup, To me, it's like, is that really realistic? I know we only have one person, but if we're jumping in between continuity brain, you know, it's like even though the changes are minimal, we'll still have to be able to see the changes, the progression Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of, you know, this person going from being collected to falling apart (laughs) over the course of six story days. Um, So there are just a lot of factors that I'm trying to put together. But, you know, for what it's worth, my friend already said everything that I've done so far has been incredibly helpful and I've caught a lot of things and helped simplify where it didn't affect the story. So I'm not completely... (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm sure you're doing great. Being a script supervisor and having that mentality in my experience on set um, has definitely already helped. It's just putting together the schedule and, and mm-hmm. really nailing those timings and yeah. estimating and having a sense of that's that's 
the one thing that I'm really... You feel a little floaty on, you're like, yes, there's some uncertainty there. There's some uncertainty, and it's also, I don't want to... Yeah, there's some uncertainty. There's just, how am I going to go about it without over-calculating and saying this is impossible in two days? Or saying, no, we're going to do this in two days, but then not having the two days. Mm-hmm. Like not finishing in the time that we need. Mm-hmm. But then since I said we could do it, all the equipment will leave after those two days versus, you know, it's, it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. you know. So those are things where I'm like, ah, how is this resting on my shoulders <laughs> right yeah, yeah. now? How am I, you know. That's the job. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because exactly. so um, it w- so it's two days. Mm-hmm. Were you one thing that I've been thinking about more lately, and I would like if more productions thought about it was is like shorter days was something mm-hmm. that I've thought about. Oh, I've been on a couple of productions where they give the ten hour day versus the twelve hour day, and yeah. I feel like. A lot of the issue of breaking down the immune system and wearing you out is the longer the longer shoot days. What did you guys decide on your on this short? Well, um, we are planning on twelve hour days. Mm-hmm. Um, and worried that that's not enough. Mm. It's plenty. Um, We have driving, we have stunts, we have wounds, we have animals. (laughs) There's a a lot of stuff going on. Um, Take us back to the drawing board. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's it's contained, Mm -hmm. um, but there are definitely things to me where it's like, what's the camera and car? Do Mm -hmm. we need lighting? What does the, you know, and... And as you mentioned, uh, I may be a little spoiled because I never actually worked on no budget stuff because I'm a script supervisor. So, and I've, I started my career as script supervisor. Mm-hmm. So I took Randy's class and then the next day I was on set as script supervisor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which also means that they had the budget to hire a script supervisor. Right. I've never been a two-person crew or a five-person crew because usually you don't have a script supervisor if you mm-hmm. don't have the means to have a fully fleshed crew. Correct. Which you should because script supervisors are very important even on small things. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> I was I was on a shoot recently. There was no AD. Mm. There was... It was... A, very small production, but they brought out a script supervisor for it. And so, like, That's good amazing. on you That's for, amazing. for seeing the necessity of the position, yeah. even though you stripped down everywhere else. Like That, that is kind of... that is amazing, and, and it's going to help them. It's going to benefit them in the long run. Mm-hmm. Because, especially when you have minimal crew, there are so many things that can get lost in the cracks. Mm-hmm. Um that will jar the edit. But I do think back to your, you know, thought about shorter days. Um, t- 
10 hour days are amazing. I jump on shows that say that they're having 10 hour days. Um, the one thing that I do recognize is that it's a money factor. If it's a longer shoot, I think 10 days, like 10 hours should be mm -hmm. the standard because those are the days, those are the shoots where it will really wear you out. Even the director gets worn out. Um, on I've had situations where like, I can't tell you any notes. I don't have any notes. I'm just trying to, it's yeah, like by they're, the, by they're the so the show, burnt yeah. out by the end of the show, by the, like after, after 10 hours, like there just comes a time where it's overload, like creatively, <laughs> um, mentally, physically exhausted. Um, but if it's a short or like a quick project here and there, I can see that adding the overtime of two hours and pay, just paying that versus adding a full day of equipment and, and right. labor and everything. Um, I think that's doable if it's yeah. a short project. Because it's, it's equating it to a sprint versus a marathon. Exactly. And okay, we can sprint over two days, right. but sprinting over 20 days That'll you ain't going to make it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I could see that. Um, and then it's up to you as a freelancer to decide how many sprints you can pull mm -hmm. off in a, in a week or yeah. in a month. <laughs> yeah. Which is the hard thing, too. Because I mean, that's kind of my line as a general filmmaker as well when I do my own stuff mm -hmm. or whatever. I usually try to do like a six or eight hour days even. Wow. But... Um, I think about, because I hear, I don't know, I don't know if it's a braggy thing or if you've been a part of many of these productions, but going into the 14 to 16 to 18 hour days, mm -hmm. and I'm like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. Like, that doesn't work. What? But it's, yeah. it's kind of like a, an expected thing sometimes. I've never, I don't know if it's a script supervisor luxury that we don't get involved in those shows or if they don't have script soups. Or if it's a world that I'm just not involved in yet? I, I hear a lot of music videos doing that. So where I hear that happening a lot is camera or sound saying, I worked on a music video and they just pulled 36 hours nonstop. And I'm like, and you stayed? <laughs> it's yeah. like, why? Um, I charge overtime. So... They don't usually keep me there over 12 hours. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's always the wrap out after, but um, I, I haven't been on a lot of shoots where they kept me. I've, I was on one short film where we went 16 hours and I was done. I was like, I don't <laughs> I don't want to do this. <laughs> this mm -hmm. isn't the kind of workflow or production company that I want to be associated with and work with. So I haven't worked with them since. Mm. Um, you know, it was it, again. It was a it was a short project. Um, it was a very fun project. Great people to work with, but it is you know the environment. 
it, I mean, it was a great environment. It was just that something along the scheduling didn't go as planned or they knew that this was going to happen from the start and didn't tell anybody or whatever it was. Something wasn't right. And my time is yeah. worth more to me than your project. That's the, that's the, that's the <laughs> scary part, right? Is um, thinking about... I don't like the, uh, I don't know if it's a producer mindset or, if, or where, but it's the money thing again, mm. where it's always scary to me when you, th- when one can think about, oh, we can just throw money at the problem. Mm-hmm. It's like, we don't have to communicate. We don't have to do anything. We'll go into overtime. They'll charge overtime. So what? We'll pay them for it. We have the money. We're paying them already less than we could. So we've kind of buttered this in. Yeah. And so it's kind of like we can own them and they'll put the 16 hours in and they can't complain because we're paying them. And it's funny that you, um, that you use that term. We own them. Mm-hmm. I've recently had an experience where um, someone on the crew overheard the executive producers talked to the producer who was fighting for the crew, said, I don't care. We own them. It's our, like, they're on our time. We're paying them, right? So we own them. No. You don't own people who work for you. Like, they can always leave. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, that's the thing, you know. um, It's such a hard thing to do, but knowing that if you're going over 12 and you're not getting paid for overtime or you don't like the conditions or whatever it may be, um, I know people who just say, great, it's 12 hours, let's go. And they will stand up and walk out. And you know, it's like, you can keep shooting, but my time is up. Mm-hmm. I do not have the, personally, I have not had the, the cojones. The guts, the cojones, the chutzpah, call it what you want. I have not had um, that power in myself. Like, I couldn't find it. I was like, oh, I don't want to be here anymore. Well, yeah. it's the you... 14th hour. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, even if it's 12, five minutes after, you don't necessarily have to give them grace or have to give them um extra time you know even if they are paying overtime it's you'll burn a lot of bridges and you'll yeah so there's always that weird okay weighing weighing the options and having those nonverbal eyeballs that everybody's like all right are we doing this what's going on (laughs) are you i guess i guess we're all right half an hour like what are we and i feel like that's also that's also a um, benefit that crews with more people in them, so the camera crew or the G&E crew, um, they have more backbone to do that because if they're not there, you can't shoot. nothing's running. <laughs> yeah. But they have a lot of leverage. They have yeah. a lot of leverage. They also can you know, um, back each other up and discuss. 
And I feel like a script supervisor, we're only generally one person on set. The department of one. one. Yeah, the department of one. Um, and we're kind of in between all of the different departments because we're that hub position. So it's like, am I going to stab my director in the back by leaving because production isn't doing this? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, are we actually leaving or was that just a rumor? <laughs> you know, so there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot less involvement in those discussions if you're a department head of one. I noticed that on, on a feature that I was recently working on. Mm -hmm. It's like everyone was whispering with their own department. I'm like, well, technically not in your department. And I'm technically not in your department. And then when I walk over here, you stop whispering because I'm not in your department. Because it's really hard to gauge where the script supervisor fits in. And yeah, how do you... crew versus production. On a normal day-to-day, -day, how do you... Uh... How do you handle the, the isolation, potential isolationist department of one mm. thing on set? How did, being, how has that evolved for you from making the realization to coming to terms with it or what, whatever that question leads to? I don't know. I don't think I quite understand your question. Is it in terms of so so being that we don't have our own who you sit with at lunch? Yeah, yeah, we don't have our own built-in camaraderie from the get-go. It's like, mm -hmm. all right, on this show, is my best friend going to be the makeup artist? Is my mm -hmm. best friend going to be the AD? Like, right? It's, it's there's not this built-in thing that we can kind of rely on. I feel like I personally have found that I so yeah, lunch. Right? To me, it's kind of like, who do you sit with <laughs> at lunch? Um, I try to switch it up if it's a longer project, but I tend to befriend sound and camera because those are the people that I interact with most on the crew level. Mm -hmm. um, and the director is usually sitting, you know, I, don't, I hardly ever have lunch with my director because yeah, they're, they're always kind of they're busy they're they're like a magnet <laughs> mm -hmm. it's like they never have a moment to just sit and unwind because even during lunch they're talking and thinking about work and sometimes i just don't want to <laughs> yeah i feel like i feel like directors it's either one or the other or it's either they're surrounded or I they see. like yeah. to yeah it's like exactly yeah. so i tend to gravitate towards um sound and camera and DIT mm -hmm. because we're usually in that same video village you know mm -hmm. bubble and those are the people that I rely on a little bit more in regards to technical you know being digital and needing hey can I plug in my BNC myself or do you want to do it or yeah. here and there and uh, asking for context from sound you just have that for me that's always really been my yeah my go-to I, I guess one thing i'm oh, I, let's let's say for like let's say the holiday season mm -hmm. i get kind of jealous of like all right the camera team has their you know they mm -hmm. work with each other all the time they have like the cold gift exchanges they're like they're celebrating each other and then the, the production side the pas are always mm -hmm. working with the ad's and the second ad 
they've got this, you know, like the departments do their cool things with each other, and I'm just like, me. <laughs> uh, wait. Yeah. Um, I often get really sad when people order <laughs> Starbucks. Oh yeah, that happens all the time. <laughs> all the time, and somehow skips you. And never think about. <laughs> like everyone around me is included in the same Starbucks order and it's like oh wait didn't think about you I'm like, yeah. but I'm right here I know I'm not technically your department I can pay you back <laughs> but um, especially with camera and the AD department PAs and stuff I, mm -hmm. I sit there and I'm like but I like coffee. Well, I don't like coffee, but I like, you know. I like the thought. I like the thought. And like I the just want to be able to say it. I just want to say I don't want any. <laughs> well, there's other stuff than coffee. <laughs> no, no, for sure. But that happened, yeah. But, like, for wrap gifts. Like, we sh I, sh I shot a two-month project in Montana, and at the end of it, everyone was exchanged. Like, not everyone, but the head of departments were giving out gifts for their their, their team. Uh, team and I'm like oh, okay but then you know the AC pointed out that we are heads of department so on the one hand we're not getting anything but on the other hand we don't have to buy things because <laughs> the DP dropped a lot of a lot of money sure. on, on wrap gifts oh yeah I got I, at the same, yeah, sure. Sure. I do like the idea of being able to treat your team. It seems nice. You're getting paid more than them. It kind of, it's a little payback. Yeah. Well, not payback. Pay forward? I don't know what it is. Appreciation. Payback yeah. is, is a negative connotation. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, I, it's a, it's just a weird thing. Yeah. Department head of one. Has its pros and its cons. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just, I, 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 I guess, to get back to the foundation of script supervising, I'm a big fan of the constant communication, the excuses to communicate. I mm -hmm. love being able to walk around everywhere and be included in everything. Mm -hmm. But then I don't like the flip side of that, where when it comes down to it, I walk out on my first day of lunch and I'm just like, wait, we make me and the second AC were besties. Why are you sitting with them? I yeah. want to sit with you or whatever. And it's like, yeah. oh, you're actually with. Yeah. What? Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> that was um. The song. On on the job that I just did, the two month job, uh, the DIT was well sought out. <laughs> like he was such a cool guy, and so sound DIT and I would drive to set together every morning. Mm -hmm. Um, but technically he's part of the camera team. So camera and mm. sound and script would always fight over, who are you sitting with today? <laughs> like, you know, it's like, but you're our friend, and now you want to hang out with them. But yeah. tables aren't big enough, especially during COVID, you know, mm -hmm. um, to all just have a communal table. All crowd over the DIT. That's interesting. Yeah. It's like those those... Departments of one, mm -hmm. although technically he's in camera. But I guess I don't know. I'll I'll equate it to COVID times, mm. where it is very powerful to be okay with the isolation mm. and 
I guess that might be a thing that script supervisors, I don't know, I haven't really talked to it much about with other script supervisors. I guess that's why I ask you, but yeah. like, let's say again, going out at lunch, you sit by yourself and this being able to be okay with it. Like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm doing my thing. I'm having my lunch. I can have my book or like whatever the case may yeah. be. And just being like, this is how it is. And I'm happy with it. And I never do that. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> really? You can't? Really? N- no. Um, <laughs> no. I do, I, it, I do it. I always ask if I can sit, even if it's meeting people, because as script supervisor, we need to know, you know, I like to know the other departments. Mm-hmm. You know, even if I don't know my uh, hair team or my makeup team or my costume team because we haven't met yet or, you know... You've been juggling getting them ready before sending them to set. You're not really there for me to build a rapport. I like to do that during lunch. Mm. I like to try and reach out and say, hey, I'm the script supervisor. Can I sit with you? And, you know, if if it didn't flow or whatever, then I move to the next table the next lunch or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, I like it. And I'm also I'm, I'm a very social person, so the COVID isolation was definitely not... I don't think script supervising helped me with (laughs) being isolated Mm -hmm. myself. Um, But it's an interesting perspective. So you'll you'll you find yourself just reading and and because sometimes because sometimes cassette could be pretty chaotic. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of noise happening around that you have to be aware of and listen in on and kind of catch what's going on. That it 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 can get like overwhelming. So then lunch for me, yeah. if, if I don't have that connection, I'm like, cool, I'm going to go sit in the sun, get some day, get, get, enjoy the, because you're inside a lot or whatever. Yeah. It's like, all right, I'm going to get some sun, sit with my lunch over mm-hmm. here and really enjoy the silence and then get back to work. I like but, that too. Like I, I can see the benefit of that and I think um, on certain, certain days, mm-hmm. That would have been beneficial for me as well. And then, and there's a another thing I I don't know that I do sometimes too, where it's like, all right, I'll go and do the sun the sunbathing, and then some people actually want to hang out with me, and they'll come out and have a conversation. Yeah. I'm like, all right, sweet. Like, there's the it's nice to be the wanted. Like, oh, yeah. you want to talk to me? Great. I don't have to seek you out. I have that um, on longer projects mm-hmm. where I start out um, sitting and talking and being as social as, as I can because oftentimes uh, in my first couple of years, I was so focused on the job that I didn't really make a lot of connections. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know who I was working with or you know I, I couldn't have told you if it was short days, probably not even the names of everyone. So I was so involved in just getting everything and mm-hmm. making sure everything is perfect and just communicating where I had to versus actually socializing, getting to know a person on, a, on another level than just, hey, the hair wasn't right or did you forget the ring or and you phrase yeah. it nicely and you know yeah. but basically oftentimes as as we've established in our conversation um, the script supervisor doesn't necessarily speak up until uh, unless there's something that needs to be 
addressed and fixed. Um, so one of the, the stereotypical things is the script supervisor is always nagging or like mm -hmm. always criticizing. It's like when I walk up, a lot of times people go, what now? Like what happened? What I do wrong? I'm like, nothing. I just have a second and wanted to say hi. <laughs> it's like, you're socializing. I yeah, just wanted to be a part of it. <laughs> it's a reaction from directors a lot for sure. And they get like, it's like, no, I'm just here to, right. great job, everybody. <laughs> right, exactly. I get that reaction. Um, and sometimes I'm like, wait, is it, mm -hmm. is it something that I do? But it's the job. It really is. Like, you have to balance bringing up things that weren't perfect and that need to be adjusted or might benefit from being adjusted mm -hmm. in a positive, constructive, cheerleader way without being over the top. It's a really fun <laughs> balance, right? Yeah, yeah. How do, how, do you, how do you deal with that balance and like how do you perceive it? Well, it's for me, I always come from the perspective of this, like I kind of mentioned it before, like I'm just here to say my thing. Mm -hmm. This is my perspective on this thing and I'm saying it because I care about the project right. and I want this to be good and I feel like this is something worth bringing up. I'm being very specific about this moment. I'm saying it for a specific reason. What do y'all think about it? Fair. <laughs> yeah. So coming from the from the productive, I'm here to I'm here for the benefit of the project. Mm -hmm. It's nothing personal to anybody. Is um nice. I like that. Yeah. Do you ever bring up um, if it's not essential for the cut, but it would strongly benefit the flow? Do you bring that up? Do you have an example? <laughs> I okay. Um, for me, it's. Yeah. I, I can let you think about it. I, um, I don't have an example off the top of my head. It's it's more. So yeah, it, we could cut around it. I'm sure, but do it, we still it all get depends it? on what the priority of the moment mm -hmm. is. Of course, you have to balance out. If if the shoot was going very smoothly, and dialogue is being hit, and the actors are doing a great job of being consistent with their actions, you're like, okay, sweet. Now I can bring up this minuscule thing that normally I'd have to bring up the matching action. Or yeah. I have to give notes on this. So you kind of prioritize. All right, good, 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 good. All right, now being that we have a long streak of being good, I feel yeah. like it's this is something I could bring up and it's not going to be... Because if, if, if stuff is going wrong with dialogue and matching action and stuff is missing around, then saying something... It's like, all right, let's, let's focus... Let's focus on the important stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. Or, I like how you phrased that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. <laughs> how... So you... How did you get involved in script supervising? What, what brings you here? Mm. And, uh, and then we'll jump into how others can follow suit. Um... Okay. And so, yeah. <laughs> um, so I kind of snowballed into it. I um, 
I studied psychology in the Netherlands and um, loved the, I loved the topics, mm. but I can't, couldn't see myself as a psychologist. Like I tried looking into, of like, because there are so many jobs out there as a psychologist, but everyone had like a big no for me personally. And my dad asked me what I wanted to do. So I was like, all right, well, um, I like to think about film stuff and talk about film stuff. But hmm. I was definitely in the wrong crowd. <laughs> I uh, watched a movie with, with my cousin, um, Prisoner. Prisoners? Prisoners. With Jake Gyllenhaal and... Tobey Maguire's? Mm -mm, no. no. Um, uh, Wolverine. Hugh Jackman? Yes. Okay. I think I've two. seen that one. I was absolutely blown away by it when I saw it in theaters. Like, I wanted to dissect it. Like, what are the, what are the hidden triggers? What is, like, the tone of voice? What are the colors? What is, you know, mm -hmm. uh, each sentence had some things. Like, is he actually going to do this? Or, like, you know, I just had a lot of underlying things that I interpreted into it at the time. Um, this was, like, a while ago. <laughs> sure. And my cousin looked at me and said, Sarah, we just watched a movie for two hours. It was good. Let's be done with it. <laughs> mm. So I, I, I realized that I was clearly in the wrong mm. space, in the wrong environment for what I was passionate about. Um, and when my dad asked me what I want to do, I was like, well, I want to work in film. Well, that's not a job. I'm like, yeah, I'm, you know, or mm -hmm. is it? Because I didn't really grow, grow up in a town that had a lot of film um, opportunities or, you know, uh, influence. It was a small town in Germany. And, um, yeah. And then... Sounds like Reno. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, I just packed up my things and moved to California to work in the film industry without really knowing what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I was originally going to um, go to school for it, go to, like, establish residency, go to school, and then find my way the more or less traditional route of building your, like, working your way up mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and finding your, your spot in the industry. Um, but I was really lucky because the one person that I knew in LA, um, it was a very brief acquaintance that I made at the film festival in Venice, Italy. Mm -hmm. uh, she lives in LA and she was willing to meet up with me and we had dinner and we watched Nebraska and uh, saw the Q&A afterwards and talked about it. And, She's in casting, and she just kind of was blown away by how I talked about the movie and what things I really liked and what stood out to me. And apparently those were script supervisor-focused things to her. She was like, oh, interesting. Like, you're really detail-oriented. Um, you liked the whole line through the whole movie and, like, seeing how this tiny little thing, I think one of the things I mentioned was his walk. You know, and how I loved that in the Q&A, he, he said that he had a pebble in his shoe so that he would constantly remember to limp on that one leg. Mm. You know, those 
those little things. Are, That's so cool. And I was interested and intrigued. And she suggested script supervising. And I had never heard of script supervising. Um, I was like, in my head, I was like, what the? Fuck? Sure. <laughs> you can say it. Cool. I was like, what the fuck is script supervising? And she kind of explained the basics. And um, I went home, went online, tried to find something about script supervising. There's really not much out there online if you first look. But I found Randy Feldman's uh, cinema workshop classes, and they were happening that Friday. And it was Tuesday or something. I called my dad, um, who's my go-to you know, mentor when sure. it comes to anything. I'm like, hey, Dad, so this is my thought. I could wait, do it in three months. And he said, no, just go for it. Like, you have the money saved up. You just moved to L.A. You want to learn about film stuff. Who knows what's going to be in four, three, four months. Um, yeah, and then I, I called. I didn't even look up where it was happening. I just mm. called. Um, I said, hey, I know it's only seven people in your class, and it's happening in three, like, three days. But is there any chance there's a seat available? And someone had canceled. And she's like, yeah, you know, someone just canceled, so there's one spot. Why don't you, why don't you join us? And after the fact... It's heartwarming so uh, far. I know. It was like after the fact of, like, figuring out the, the fact that I had a spot and, you know, I kind of already paid her and everything. And then I looked at the address and I was like, well, I don't have a car. Mm. <laughs> so I was getting a little nervous, but it was in walking distance from my apartment. Oh, whoa. So everything just kind of lined up. I had been in L.A., you know, for 10 days. I had one acquaintance who, suggest, who, who linked me with the field that I had never heard of. I randomly found this class that randomly started three days from now that randomly had one seat available and that happened to be in walking distance from my apartment. And it just kind of snowballed. And I took the classes, and I got my first interview the day after I graduated, and I was on set the next day. Mm -hmm. And I never went to film school. <laughs> that just didn't happen anymore. And now it's like, well, do I really want to? <laughs> no, for sure. Very cool. So it just it, it's wow. completely random. But it works. It's a, I, I still don't know how the universe put all of that together. You know, how everything just fell into place so perfectly. How was it feeling as you're going through that? Did it feel like, oh my gosh, is like, it almost feels like a freak out at every step of the way. It's like, what am I going to do? I guess I'll have lunch. Uh, I guess I'll look into it. Uh, I guess I'll sign up for the class. Uh, oh, I guess it's right. Like, I, that, um, I don't know how that... I wasn't really freaking out. I was just... I, 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 it just... It blew me away that everything was just... And I think at the time, it wasn't as... It was like, yeah, I've set my mind to it, so... It's going to work, gonna out, one work way. out one way or another, and I'm going to figure something out. Um, but looking back at it and realizing that every single step was 
it, it just feels like that was the right path for me yeah. at the time. It was, it, there was cool. no obstacle. Yeah, <laughs> it was like bam, 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 boom, on set, great. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people are kind of jealous of that story. That sounds very nice. It, it's been very nice. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the other thing is my very first job was a USC thesis film for mm -hmm. 10 days. Mm -hmm. So, as you said, I'm a little spoiled. I've never actually done any of those. We have a passion project and are scrambling to find the funds and are, you know, making, making that all work, mm -hmm. which is great and I'm really grateful for. For sure. But it also has... I wish I, sometimes I wish I had more, more of a, a variety of experiences, if, if that makes sense. Like yeah. I look at your resume and it's like, I've done this and I've done that and I have experience as this position, that position, that, and like all of those factors are extremely beneficial to being a creative filmmaker and merging into script supervision from there mm -hmm. and for me it's like i i'm the script supervisor and i love being a script supervisor and i've been told that i'm good at being a script supervisor but i never thought i would be a script supervisor yeah, yeah. and i've never tried anything else um and every time i i reached out to friend filmmakers and like hey if you need an assistant for art department, or if you need an assistant for camera, or if you need an assistant for production, um, let me know. I'd love to gain experience. And they look at me like, you're a head of a department. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why, why would you want like to go back 10 steps? Yeah. I'm like, because I'm not getting the experience. <laughs> I just want to see what it's like. Right. So it... it huh. I love it, and I'm very, very grateful. But there's always that edge. It's like, but if I hadn't, I would have gone through film school and, you know, mm -hmm. probably struggled. I would have way more debt than I have. Don't do oh yeah, I don't think I'm ever going to. But um, there are definitely things that I would love to learn, and that's why I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be an AD now. Because while it's stressing me out <laughs> now, um, it's putting me in a different mindset and trying to use my established script supervising skills and experience on set mm -hmm. into a different perspective. And it's, it's yeah, it's working out. <laughs> sure. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a very odd... Um, yeah. Coincidental it, it, way of getting to where I am, and it is nice because um, I, I, the department of one thing. All right, when people say, "Why would you want to move back?" You've already you're, you're like already there. You've you're so high up on the pe you know. I don't know. Right. I sometimes get confused with that too. I'm like, wait, am I? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Because I, I think I've heard that as well. Where it's like, yeah, look. You're in discussions with all of the the big creatives, so 
Yeah. It, it, yeah. We are we are a department head. Yeah. Um, as script supervisor, like we are in immediate contact. We have the privilege. Someone recently said, "You have the privilege of speaking to the director whenever you want." I'm like, ah, I never thought about that before. That's cool. <laughs> I guess, like, yeah, I, you know, as script supervisor, we are next to the director, talking to the director, listening in on what the DP and the director have to say. We are in immediate contact with the person who's running the show, our dear AD, mm-hmm. you know. Um we don't have to deal with the trickle-down effect, like waiting for the information to, to get to everybody because we are generally right there, listening to it firsthand, straight out of the horse's mouth. You know, it's like... Yeah, or, or even a part of the solution process. Exactly. Or you're a bounce board or... Exactly. Yeah. So... Appreciation moments right there. <laughs> so it's, it's definitely... And we're also in immediate contact with the producers on a, on a level that is problem solving. And yeah. it's, a, it's a great position to be in. So I guess with that being said, how, how does, what's your recommendation? I don't know how often you're asked mm-hmm. from people on set or otherwise, but hey, how can I you how? know do what you do or jump into script supervising myself yeah because sometimes i don't know people might might try to shortcut it on straight up just trying to jump on set as a script supervisor versus randy's workshop which i don't know you probably took the full a and b yeah i forget how uh so i took my classes in 2014 Mm -hmm. um and back then she changed she changed her um course work a little bit um there was the beginner which i think now is a and then the uh, advanced which is now b and i think now it's kind of required to do both right anyway uh it used it used to be optional and i did both and i'm super grateful Mm -hmm. that i did because in the second one you learned about the 180 degree line the eye lines and blocking and all of those tricks that she has up her sleeve, um, which was something that I immediately needed on my first day of set ever. Like I had just set foot on set and they, like, they asked me, does the eyeline match? Mm-hmm. And I was like, whew, I'm glad I have some kind of sense of that. I was looking through my notes, but I wasn't immediate. I didn't have the immediate answer. I had to like look at what I wrote down. And the AD goes, you know, that's part of your job. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm like, yes, I do. And I know the answer, but I wouldn't have if it had been, um, like, if I hadn't learned it in the class. Yeah, because I was reflecting on it, reflecting on it recently mm-hmm. in terms of, I did A and B as well, and I think it was like four days a week or something like that, six hours a day mm-hmm. or something crazy. So when you add it all up, it's like over 100 hours of specific script supervisor instruction, yeah. um, which is a lot of time. I also took the special uh, commercial class mm-hmm. where we had a guest speaker come in and the VFX class. Yeah. So those were additional ones as well. 
I think overall, um, it took six weeks mm -hmm. for me to complete all of those. And I, it's worth it. Um, whether you take Randy's class, which I can highly recommend. Um, Same. Or you take other script supervisors' classes there. I can't vouch um, for that. No, but Don Gilliam also has a online um, class that I'm actually considering um, taking, you know, just because she's one of the main, like the biggest union script supervisors. I think I saw a photo on, I just visited the Los Angeles Script Supervisor Network website before you showed up, mm -hmm. and there's a picture of her, the first photo. Is her with J.J. Abrams, I believe. Is that correct? Possible. Okay. I don't know which one the first picture is. But yeah, she's definitely on there. Um, so I'm like, oh my gosh, I forget she, that. Even those was, big directors have script supervisors. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's she's huge. Um, and um, she's really doing a lot for the craft and mm. for the future of it and um, trying to pay it forward. Like trying to make sure that people don't just step onto set claiming their script supervisor without knowing what they're doing. Because I think that hurts our craft and that hurts our reputation as script supervisors. Um, a lot of, obviously, there will always be a range of uh, skill, and you'll start somewhere. But if you claim to be a script supervisor on set, have at least book knowledge, like read the Pat Miller book, mm. find other books about script supervising, about the basics of editing so that you have an understanding of why you need to focus on the 180 degree line, why, you know, eye lines are important. Um, there's the 5C book. Uh, yeah. Um, I forgot what the 5Cs stand for, but... That was some. That was a book that was definitely eye-opening to me uh, in regards to script supervisor and camera, like just general knowledge on that and knowing why, when, what the angles um, represent. Like, do your homework, learn, hit up a script supervisor who knows what they're doing. Ask for a crash course. Um, like there are. There are ways to get into it, even if it's joining a script supervisor network group on Facebook, whichever one it is, there there are multiple out there um, where you can ask questions, where you can get in touch with script supervisors who know the craft and who, you know, if they have time can and are willing and feel like they can teach to sit down and, and give you a crash course. You can accept the job, but don't go to set as script supervisor without knowing anything mm -hmm. about script supervising. Um, yeah, I've, I've heard since we're a department of one, you know, you don't have anyone who is accountable for you, like you're accountable for yourself, but also you don't have anyone to show you the ropes. So once you're there, you don't have the answers or you're doing a poor job it puts 
everyone in the craft kind of in a in a poor light. It's like you don't need a script supervisor. They're not helpful. They don't have the answers. You know. Yeah, so. or or their notes weren't used at all exactly. or whatever. It's like, yeah, how them... many times have you heard, it's cute that you're putting effort into your notes. Nobody's ever going to look at them. Well, I haven't heard that too often, no? thankfully. Uh, Ooh, oh, that would hurt. I get that a lot, or I have gotten that a lot, mm-hmm. um, especially at the beginning. It's like, you work too hard. Nobody looks at your notes anyway. Mm-hmm. That's mean. It's so mean, and it's so untrue, because good script notes are noticed. But a lot of editors also have told me that they were actually surprised to get good notes. To get good notes, mm-hmm. because you know, I've I've gotten I've gotten a, a phone call from an editor asking me something that I know I wrote in the notes. I'm like, well, did you look at my notes? Oh, I mean, yes, but I could still use your help looking at it. I'm like, hmm. so you. Uh, Okay, I don't understand the question because it's right there. I'm looking at them. It's it's highlighted in red. If you look at that scene, you'll see, you'll see it. Yeah, you'll get your answer. <laughs> and then they looked at it while we were on the phone. They're like, okay, I actually didn't really read your notes because I'm not used to getting information. That is, like, and that's crippling to our craft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ripley. no, for sure. I don't. <laughs> that's the reason why you hire a script supervisor. That's the. Yes, I like. I, I don't know. Okay, from my perspective, again, mm-hmm. being that I did explore a bunch of other routes before jumping in. I. It is very interesting. I'm curious to how. Like, one gets the insight into what notes are important mm-hmm. sometimes, too. Like, with the editor, like, I've, I've, like, I edited my own feature. Like, I've, I've gone through, like, six months of just solo editing mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. I've edited most of my own projects. So, I'm like, I understand action's important and all that kind of stuff. And more options in the edit is great, what the editor is probably looking for. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's very cool that, like, you don't necessarily need the editing experience. But, like, you've read the books. You've done other forms of yeah. education. Uh, but it's just cool that there's multiple ways to get to the same yeah. to, to get to the same thing. But yes, 100%. I I love I love that through Randy's class, through reading and watching movies and kind of, you know, um, one of the the coolest things I don't know she probably did it with in your class too Mm. one of my favorite educational moments um, I have two two favorite educational moments of the uh, cinema workshop classes the first one we had um, like Randy had access to different takes of and like different dailies of a mm-hmm. of an old movie and we watched it and there was a continuity error and she asked us like all right so these have already been shot how can we fix it like if we find that there isn't like in this shot she's walking uh what is this camera right to left and then on the other side she's walking camera left to right but it's supposed to be 
it's supposed to match or whatever. How can we solve the problem if we have another shot in between? It's like, well, tailway or, or leading or however to break the, break the direction. Or cutaways, how, how important it is to have cutaways, even if it's like, oh, she was carrying it in her right hand and then she carried it with the left and nobody noticed in time. So now we need something to merge, to break the continuity, like the focus. So what do you do? Well, cutaway. How about we show what time it is? <laughs> She's late for work. I don't, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so little things like that I learned from Randy. I would not have thought of that because you don't, you don't, if, if, the, pro, if the final project, final film was edited really well, you won't necessarily catch continuity uh, errors mm -hmm. if you have footage to help with that. So you won't necessarily on the first for sure first watch notice that she switched it from her right hand to the left hand because there was a script supervisor or a cinematographer or a director on set who knew hey there you know there's got to be something um, so I learned that from Randy but I think that having editorial experience and actually being in the edit room and actually seeing our problem solving and sitting in front of this puzzle trying to put it together is something that I, mm -hmm. I want to learn for myself. I want to sit in. Um, unfortunately, every time I've been offered to sit in, I, I got a job. <laughs> so it never, it hasn't worked out so far, but... Um, it's a good problem to have, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's a good problem to have. But, I've, you know... I think it's it's wonderful that you have the experience and background and have created and you say you wrote in order to direct or you produced in order to act and it's like you edit in order to get your project done. Mm -hmm. Correct, yeah. And that's absolutely spectacular in my world. Like, the fact that you do that, and it's like, well, I really want to gain this experience, so let me just do everything and figure it out. Mm -hmm. That's inspiring. Yes, thank you. That's very inspiring. Very nice words. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so, recap. We'll, we'll probably cycle out here. Um, if you want to learn the craft, there's workshops available. Mm -hmm. You mentioned two... There's, there are more out there's, there. There's plenty out yeah. there. I see them posted all the time in the script supervisor groups. I, of course, yeah. never have taken anything else besides Randy, so I can't vouch for those, but it is, there are options. And but do your research. Ask around. Um, not everyone who's offering a class is necessarily a teacher. Or a good teacher. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I have unfortunately um, heard from poor experiences as well, where someone wanted to learn and better themselves and their craft and their skill set. So they paid another script supervisor to educate them and were completely lost on set because they didn't actually retain the information in a way, or they didn't. 
learn the information and be to like they weren't told the information in a way that allowed them to retain it and apply it. Yeah. Like, and there are so many facets to our job. Um, I wouldn't know where to begin teaching this. So while I've learned the skill at this point in my career, like the thought of teaching it. It's like everything you mentioned, it's a big like, all right, let's dive down this for a while. Okay, right. we haven't even touched on this, this, and this. And this. Exactly. Yeah. But how deep do you dive from the start without overwhelming? For sure. How shallow can you have it to get an overview? Like those are, and how exact? Like what tools do you have available to really show? Like I don't have access to dailies. I couldn't tell someone's mm -hmm. like here's a. It's like I only see the final product. Um, so what I'm saying is, do some look into it and ask for recommendations as well, mm -hmm. because. Um, while I'm sure that the script supervisors offering feel com confident in their skill and are great script supervisors, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're great teachers. Mm -hmm. For sure. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, yes, you are correct on all of that. <laughs> I mean, I you know, I applaud anyone who is willing to take the time and educate the craft. That is super important. Don't mean to discourage that. Um, and the more people who try and educate, the better they'll, their educational style might be um, or become, if that makes sense. So I don't want to discourage people from being like, whoa, maybe I shouldn't teach. It's, it's, a, it's a weird balance <laughs> to start teaching because there there aren't enough script supervisors out there yeah so i would just throw out you are a lassn administrator yes i am los angeles script supervisor network that is correct there's yeah. there's a website that was recently launched mm -hmm. um lassn.org mm -hmm. And there's lots of cool resources here on really diving into what does a script supervisor do? Nice and clear cut. Um, so if you're if you're a producer or if you're a director, if yeah. getting insight into what we're up to and how we could help you is very, Absolutely. very, very good. Um, yeah, I think there's like entire breakdowns on how a script supervisor interacts with each department too. Yeah. Like what do those back and forths look like? So that's a lot of cool stuff there. Yeah. I think there might be a picture of me somewhere on this. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I don't know. Yeah, it is um, It is a fairly recently updated um, website, but we're very proud of it. And um, what's the, um, what do they call it? Like, uh, not the objective, but the, um, what's the, what's the, what's a, Objective of the group. What are like so, education? What are we trying to do here? LASSN, as you said, the Los Angeles Script Supervisor Network, um, is is a group for script supervisors to network um, because we are a department of one. Um, we put it together to 
as as a bridge between non-union script supervisors as well as mm. union script supervisors um, on the one hand. So it is it is meant to be a means to come like connect script supervisors in Los Angeles uh, across the board and experience level, building mentorship, learning, asking questions in a safe space, um, and therefore strengthening the craft overall. That's that's the one side of it. It's also meant, um, the website in particular, is meant to help reach out and allow for producers and um, other team members who don't necessarily understand why it's crucial or important or beneficial for the pre-production side of it, for the production side of it, and for the edit um, to have a script supervisor on set. As we said at the very beginning, a lot of people come up to us and say, well, yeah, you have the most important job on set, but I have no idea why. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what you do. And this is meant to kind of clarify and open that educational, you know, conversation of here's what we do. Please feel free to reach out if you have questions. Um, ultimately, we're also hoping to um, use the website in order to kind of allow producers to reach out when they need script supervisors. Mm -hmm. We have a separate email link where, where script supervisors can sign up. Um, I don't think that has been set, like launched yet, but that is ultimately um, a goal that we have um, so that when producers need a script supervisor but their go-to script supervisor isn't available, but they don't know anybody else, well, who do you contact? You can. If it's a non if you're a union, then there's the roster, and on LASSN there is a link to uh, for producers mm -hmm. to then get that information. We we don't have access to the roster because it's union, it's uh, sacred. <laughs> um, but if you are a union producer, a producer uh, producing a union show, you can get the information that will lead you to the union um, to get in touch with them. And if you're a non-union producer, then there will be um, a list of script supervisors. And if you email, if you email that, then they can react and respond and kind of For sure. find each other without having to jump through yes. as many hoops. It's, it's, yeah, we're trying to open the the doors and make it easier to access and understand our craft. Very cool. <laughs> I was going to ask maybe one more question. I don't know. What uh, are you looking to make the jump to Union anytime soon? Or mm. that question has been hovering over me for four years. <laughs> Um, yes, ultimately, I am looking forward to joining the union. Um, I think that there are tremendous benefits of being a union script supervisor. 
whether it be having the support in in regards to overtime and rate and you know produ producers going into 18 16 hours that doesn't really happen mm -hmm. um i mean it can happen but it's not as frequent you have backup you have like more stability um pension's a huge thing like just having that community and educational factor because the union also allows like offers a lot of educational betterment um, for the craft and the people in the union. So those are things that I'm definitely interested in. Um, I haven't made the jump because um, it was quite challenging to get past contract services. Mm -hmm. um, so especially, like I haven't tried in two or three years now, but um, when I was, you know. Turning in your days and all turning that. Turning in my days and all that. Um, I was eligible after, in my second year of script supervising. I have now script supervised for seven. Um, I was eligible, I had all my days, everything was great, but after two years I was not confident enough to make the jump myself. Um, even though I had great experiences, I was doing a good job. I personally doubted my ability to swim with a big fish mm -hmm. and making that jump from the non-union world into the union world and succeeding as well as it had been going for me in the non-union world. Um, and that was after all the struggles and half of my days got cut because of... Uh, but like either the rate wasn't exactly right or once I figured that out and got the right rate, then it was a web series and web series don't count or whatever it was at the time. Sure. Um, so and then recently it's just kind of been similar. The um, for me personally, the non-union world has been very fruitful. Um, I've been getting a lot of work. I have repeat produce, uh, productions coming to me, repeat projects. Um, I've been able to venture out and experience a lot of different uh, angles of script supervising mm -hmm. for the different projects. Mm. And I feel I love the, I don't know, the uh, different approaches of the same job. If that makes sense, which would be the same with script supervising yeah. in the union, but I don't. When I reached out to my union contacts, they were like, "What do you mean you're doing motion capture? I've never done mm -hmm. <laughs> motion capture union. I mean, they're out there, um, but not as frequent." I guess. Motion capture non-union or union? Union. Okay. I mean, the they definitely have union motion capture, but like. The experience that I had was for a game, mm -hmm. like gaming and um, being a part of interviews. And I don't know. It, it's just been very fruitful for me. So I haven't. You haven't felt the pressure to make a jump because it's like yeah. everything's working. This is nice. And you're, I also haven't getting, had the time. And you're getting fulfilled, I'm right. sure. Like as long I, I'm assuming 
I'm assuming once it's not fulfilling or whatever, it's like, exactly. all right, I need to make a change. Exactly. But it's kind of not the case. Exactly. So it's fulfilling. It. I've been either working a lot or just needing a break. So, so it's a win-win. So um, dealing with contract services again and going through all the paperwork again. and I mean, now most of my jobs are payroll, so it would be way easier. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just haven't. My goal was to do it last year. Like in 2019, I said, all right, 2020 is the year <laughs> that I'm going to join the union. And... The first three months were so busy with work, and then everything just stopped. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm certainly glad that that wasn't, like, I didn't have all the financial sure. starter costs of joining the union in 2020. It's expensive. It is expensive. Um, but I am also, like, um, there is emotion coming from veteran script supervisors of union script supervisors who've recently mm. reached out um, to the LASSN members, uh, admin, admin team, um, mm. to try and figure out why, like, how, why non-union script supervisors aren't joining, how we can uh, lessen the gap between experience levels and try to educate non-union uh, script supervisors in what the flow would be like on union sets without them actually being on union sets. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're talking, we're working on um, trying to. I'm very interested in that. Oh, me sure. too. It's, it's very fresh. Yeah, because um, I know so, there was a survey that went out that mm -hmm. I was a part of that I'm assuming went toward. Yeah, I, I haven't seen, but we, like the LASSN, um, admins were recently included through a video chat um, and we're gonna look into working with with the veteran script the union veteran script supervisors um, which just means they have 15 years of experience plus um, mm. because cool. you know we're, we're trying to better the craft both in the non-union world as well as the transition to the union world and try and help stand our ground even though we're not union and, and unionize overall um, in the betterment of our craft. So I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to that collaboration because, um, yeah, That's cool. it's just an exciting prospect and the fact that people I look up to have reached out to communicate with us and try and work with us and collaborate and get our insight and, and that's like just it. really really like exciting and um, I'm honored honestly to be a part of it exciting, yeah. yes. exciting stuff coming cool <laughs> alright I'm going to leave it at that. This, that that's the end Sarah Garrison thank you thank you uh, I don't I feel based on trying to search whatever you're not big on social media what do you mean <laughs> as far as like putting stuff out there and being social are you i mean feel free to no put... i'm really not right. i don't oh, have because normally this is the point to shout out your tags and your instagram and here's your website no, I'm, I'm very private okay great <laughs> my instagram is friends only <laughs> um facebook is where 
you know, sure. If, if you want to find me on Facebook for work-related stuff, it's my name, Sarah Gerritsen. Um, Sweet. But, it's yeah. It's fine. No worries. You know, other than that, uh, <laughs> it's, it's really a lot of word of mouth. Knowing people in person and um, connecting. Yes, hundred percent. For cool. for me, I no, like I, I looked at your website. I'm like, damn, I need to get one of those. Uh, um, but thank you. Yeah. Great, but that's it. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye, guys. Boom, boom, boom.